Welcome to MoFo Perspectives, a podcast by Morrison Forster, where we share the perspectives of our clients, colleagues, subject matter experts, and lawyers. Welcome to MoFo's ESG Pathways podcast series. I'm Marsha Ellis, Global Chair of MoFo's Private Equity Group. In 2022, we surveyed 100 Asia-headquartered fund general partners with AUM of more than $1 billion to gain their insights on how ESG considerations are impacting their investments and the market. In this podcast, MoFo's Global Chair of ESG, Suze McCormick, and Singapore-based finance partner, Yemi Tepe, explore how tying executive investment professional compensation to ESG performance is a firm signal of commitment to ESG alignment across the investment cycle. They also discuss some of the strategies for implementing the system whereby compensation is linked to meeting ESG KPIs. Hi, Sue. So how do firms decide on which ESG KPIs to track? Well, Yemi, that's interesting because ESG is incredibly broad. It's got arguably 250 factors. It's also really interesting to me that ESG has been around for more than 30 years, although it's recently gotten a lot more traction. And it used to be everything other than what was material to operations or drove value. So it was all the good stuff on the side. That has changed as there has been regulation and then the world has changed. So there are elements of ESG that are very material to operations But the key, I think, is by sector, what is material is very different. So a software company, emissions may not be as important. A transportation, they may be very important. So really, there are two categories. There are many folks that tie KPIs to specific ESG goals that drive value creation, that are tied to profitability. And there are others that pick things that are related, but more tangential. And DEI is one or climate And from your perspective, I know something that we as a firm and you've been focusing on is human rights and traditional models may not have embraced human rights or touted human rights, but that is something that many, both LPs and GPs are focused on now. So maybe we can delve into a couple of these KPIs in a bit more depth. So let's look at a couple of the ones that you mentioned that GPs are currently using as measurement for their portfolio companies. Okay, I'll talk about emissions specifically. Emissions has long been tracked. So GPs, LPs want to make sure that GPs are focused on carbon emissions and especially those asset managers that have made pledges like carbon neutral or net zero. And so what they will do is actually ask for some pretty granular reporting and in many cases, third-party verification of emission reduction for their portfolio companies in connection with either the good or service that they are producing, like renewable energy, or in connection with their internal operations, specifically for manufacturing. And what about cyber and privacy then? Cyber and privacy, because, so it's interesting, as I mentioned earlier, greenhouse gas emissions, they're right now, they're in the US particularly, but in most places in the world, there's no regulation it's voluntary. So you set the standards, whereas privacy and cybersecurity, there is regulation and you should know when there are incidents, when there have been breaches and you have an obligation to report. So often for cyber and privacy, it really is based on the number of reported violations or breaches that will drive the KPIs. 
I'd like to look at a couple. You touched on them. So human rights, traditional business models didn't really integrate human rights concerns. That's all changed. Human rights is definitely top of the agenda for many shareholders and stakeholders. Issues such as human rights violations, forced labor, child labor, not just in the company, but within the supply chain, and now KPIs that most companies are very heavily focused on and are tying their executive compensation to. Another one, of course, is DEI, which you mentioned. So the rise in social justice movements such as Me Too, Black Lives Matters, has obviously increased scrutiny into the company's composition in terms of DEI and initiatives. Today, it's definitely one of the key factors that we see that big companies are tying their executive compensation to. And for funds, I mean, I mean, so interestingly, on the company side here in the U.S., almost 80% of companies that are headquartered in the U.S. are tying compensation to specific ESG KPIs, which is very high. Again, the levels of granularity is not great. Funds are still, the number of funds that have their carry tied to certain KPIs is limited, but it is growing. What's going on in Asia? So we just did this report, the Asia Funds ESG survey, and what's come out of that is only 14% of the funds surveyed actually tell us that they link investment team compensation to ESG KPIs. I think we had 41% said they sometimes do. So the numbers are unclear, I think, from our survey, but I think it's clear that it's not non-existent in Asia, but it's certainly not very high yet. That's interesting, but you would probably expect it to grow. And it's really different by function within the organization, right? If you're a lawyer, how are you going to be compensated on emission reduction? What is your role as an investment professional? What is your role in procurement? It actually has to be tailored not just to the KPIs, but also to the specific roles that folks have in the organization. And we actually recommend that people work with a comp consultant on that. So what innovative ways have you seen funds tying their executive compensation to KPIs? It is becoming part of individual performance. As I mentioned, there are some funds that are starting and LPs that are starting to require GPs not to pay themselves carry unless they have reached certain financial bogies in addition to KPIs. As at the fund level, on the company level, the interesting thing that we have is that often the KPIs are for time periods much longer than individuals stay with a company, right? So how if the average tenure of the member of management is three years, but the KPI is reducing emissions by 2030, how do you tie it? One of the innovative things that we are seeing is folks have options and vesting, but the options will vest within, let's say, a three or four year cycle, but they can't actually be exercised unless the performance bogies are met. And I think that is yet to be seen how that's going to work, but I think it certainly will be interesting. And one of the things that I have noticed as this has sort of arisen in the corporate and the fund world is folks in terms of raising the capital and sometimes the capital that they actually need to fund improvement in the KPIs has actually been through the use of various debt instruments. Tell me a little, I mean, that's really your sweet spot in the practice. Tell me a little bit about that. So we have seen an uptick in green finance and sustainability-linked loans. In Asia in particular, sustainability-linked loans have grown in number. What these loans provide is, provided that certain relevant ESG KPIs are met, you will see a reduced overall pricing in the fund's debt financing. So 
This could be a reduction in margin. It could be a reduction in fees, a percentage discount. So funds and companies who are worried about how they're going to fund increases in executive compensation, really, they can do this very simply. So they put in place a sustainability linked loan. They make sure that their ESG KPIs under the loan match the ESG KPIs under their executive compensation. And provided those are met, you're going to see a reduction in overall pricing under the loan. And that will automatically fund the increase in executive compensation that the companies and the funds will have to pay. And similarly, if the ESG KPIs are not met, then the fund will have higher financing costs, but of course, they don't have to pay those enhanced executive compensation payments. So it really can be that simple. That's great. I think we're seeing some of that in the US and Europe. Europe is much further ahead at any kind of sustainability linked bonds. They are a key component, not just of funding compensation, but also of really funding innovation and change in these companies. And obviously that's good for the funds, particularly those who are looking long-term. We hope that this short podcast has given you some insights into the benefits of linking executive compensation with ESG KPIs. The MoFo Global team is here to help you with all aspects of your ESG journey, including advice, training, and insights. Contact us at ESG at mofo.com. To learn more about the MoFo ESG Asia Funds Report, to take our online survey, which helps GPs benchmark their progress on their ESG journey, or to listen to more editions of our ESG Pathways podcast series, visit our dedicated page on the mofo.com website. Thank you for listening. Please make sure to subscribe to the MoFo Perspectives podcast so you don't miss an episode. If you have any questions about what you heard today or would like more information on this topic, please visit mofo.com slash podcasts. Again, that's mofo, M-O-F-O dot com slash podcasts.